Welcome back to FNA Man Like the Podcast. I'm Frankie. I'm Alex. And today we are talking to our friend Abigail Martin. Abigail is the most inspiring 19-year-old that I've ever met. I mean, you would never think that she's 19, not because of the way that she looks, but because of the way that she acts. Yeah, she's super mature. She's a solo female traveler. She, I don't know, like every time we have a conversation with her, I'm like, wow, that went deep. Yeah, deep, <laughs> inspiring. It's really great to be around people like that because you feel yourself growing while you're around them. Yeah. So yeah. before we get into our talk with Abby, let's do an update from the road. Well, don't you want to do a quick shout out first? Yeah, I do. Okay, good, good. <laughs> So I have to give a shout out to everybody who loves this podcast because we've gotten so many messages from people. I know that we've been a little bit behind schedule on the podcast lately between finishing the van build and then our crazy drive across the country and then... It's just it's been funny, a lot. It's funny because we said we were going to slow down and it seems like we've sped up. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're going to travel so much slower this time and we've literally just been go, 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 go. So I have to give a shout out to Balin's Builds on Instagram because they reached out to us and they were like, can you please make some more? Thank <laughs> you, Balin. We appreciate you. Yeah, we'll be making them and being more consistent. Uh, hopefully we have one, one a week, every week from here on out. Yes, that's um, the goal. That is the goal. If we do not pull one out... We are, remember, we're trying our best, and we really do appreciate all you guys. The more people that hits us up individually, we'll shout you guys out, too. We really appreciate the love and the support that you guys give to us. Mm-hmm. And so if you are missing us, you can always find us on YouTube. We are consistently posting one video a week on there. And I think the reason that we kind of, I don't know, like sway towards YouTube over podcast is because the YouTube platform is actually paying us, yeah. whereas podcasting is more of a labor of love. Yeah, it's a labor of love. We get a little bit uh, kickback from like the advertisement through Anchor. Yes. But other than that, there's no, there's not much love except for the comments from you guys. Yeah, I think we've made like $20 from if, Anchor. <laughs> if you do want to donate and help us out and maybe inspire us a little bit more to put out even more podcasts... You know, there are ways that you could donate. I you think could... probably Patreon is the best. Patreon, Venmo, there's several different ways you could do it. Yeah. Our Venmo is FNA Van Life. If you want to do it there, that's totally up to you guys. We appreciate the love. Like we said earlier, you don't have to do it either. Don't, don't no, feel yeah. Obligated. And we do all this for free, anyways. I feel like I really like the podcasting forum because for us, when we're hanging out with other nomads, it's really cool to do like you know, a deep dive into, like, how they got into the yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, get, and getting to know them on a more personal level. Yeah, it's kind of like a campfire talk, but, like, recorded Ooh, for that's everybody a, to... That's actually a great idea, babe. Maybe we should start doing these by campfires. And the, like, background noise Just of the, the crackling, crackling of wood. the fire. Oh, wait, hold on. I gotta put more wood on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is a certified fire poker. He can't leave the damn thing alone. Hey, hey, hey. I like to poke at things. <laughs> Sometimes I like to poke fun at you, uh, too. Yeah, but you'd spend half the podcast just, like, moving the logs around. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the podcast would distract me from being a poker. Maybe. Anyway, so where we are on the road, I guess... Well, 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 we're in northern Washington right now. We had a heck of a day yesterday. We're actually parked at a casino right now because of the day that we had. Casinos are actually wonderful places to yes, camp. Yes, Um So technically, we could stay here for free. Right now, we are hooked up to their electricity, so that costs us $7 a night. We're traveling right now with the New State Nomads. I was thinking maybe we would do a podcast with them yeah, next week. Yeah, definitely. Um, but so anyways, maybe they we like could... the full hookups because they have the RV and they want to run their air conditioning and stuff like that. Yeah, I think what we should do, too, is... Next week's episode, we'll do an update on the experience we had trying to cross the border to go to Alaska. Yeah. We were unsuccessful, but we could give you guys all the tips and tricks and the things that we learned when we were there. That will hopefully help you have a better shot of it. Yeah. 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 So we'll get into that yeah. later on. But so anyways, you guys know we finished our build in Florida. We traveled all the way across the country to Utah for VanFest USA. Then we explored Utah with our friends, including Abigail Martin. Yep. Which we now do this podcast with her. You guys will get to know her a bit more in this one, especially. But they're also, if you want to go back and listen to the last one we did with Tio Adventure as well, after mm-hmm. you listen to this one, you get to know the people that we've been traveling with lately. Mm-hmm. And so after that, we scooted up to Washington. We spent a couple of days at Frankie's sister's house. She wasn't there, but her husband was mm-hmm. because they're moving. So he was packing the house up. And literally getting rid of, you know, so much stuff. 
we benefited from that a little bit in that yep. we got a brand new fancy Dyson vacuum. Woo! We got a vacuum, baby. <laughs> it's just one of those handheld Did you portable use it today? ones. No, I didn't. I was as I was like sweeping the floor. I was like, should I bring the vacuum out? And then we've stored it in a really inconvenient place. Well, so. it's right underneath there, no? I know. It's but pretty it was easy to get like, to. I was I was like, I'm just gonna sweep. Sometimes we're lazy. <laughs> but we weren't lazy enough to not put the bed together today, so we're sitting at our beautiful dinette. It is understandable why we're lazy though, because we spent six hours yesterday in a line waiting to get through to across the border. And it didn't happen. Yeah, so I've got a bit of a headache today. My neck is all jacked up. We didn't really eat properly yesterday because we thought, you know, you always think it's about to go, but then mm. another hour goes by and then another hour goes by and it was just, it was a ridiculous thing. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Let, let's let's get away from that subject. <laughs> let's move away from that. So back to Abigail Martin. She is really big. Um, her platform is TikTok. Yes. And so we're actually getting more into TikTok. So if you don't follow us on there, definitely check us out. So her platform is TikTok, but she is also on Instagram as well as on YouTube now. Well, she actually starting... just released oh, I haven't seen her van yet. tour. Oh. So we're gonna have to go and watch that. Yeah. As well as you we guys can should link too. that down below to her mm -hmm. van tour. Yeah, to her van tour because. Yep. I'm really excited to see that. So when we went live with her, I think she had like something like eight subscribers. Uh -huh. Right? I looked the other day, she was at 400 and change. Wow. So she's growing super fast. Good for her. Yeah, she I'm deserves so it. I'm so excited. She's such a sweetheart. She's got literally a heart of gold. Mm -hmm. She is so generous, so giving. And it's just an absolute dream to hang out with. Um, definitely go find Abigail. We're going to have all the links to her social media down below. And so I think... Do you guys want to get to know Abby more? Yeah, let's get into this talk with Abigail Martin. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for being on the podcast with us today. We yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, taking some time out of your busy schedule <laughs> this oh, evening. <laughs> yeah, lots to do while living in a van. Right. <laughs> so we've been caravanning with you for... I mean, I don't know. I feel like time is like crazy Like a week right and a half at least now. Yeah, at least a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So how how has the experience with FNA van life been? Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> let me tell you guys. <laughs> um, no, honestly, give all been... the dirt, Abby. Give all the dirt. <laughs> it's literally been the easiest experience. Like I feel like I can be my most authentic self around you guys, and it's just been fun. You know, we've been hammocking, we've been slacklining, and just making all our meals together and having fires, and it's been. Yeah, so nice to be around like-minded people and just around, yeah, good people. You guys are awesome. Yeah, Heck yeah, we feel the same do. about you. Yeah. Abby's amazing. She's a, She's been so wonderful to us. And uh, like just the conversations are so easy. And all the things that we've gotten to do together, I think uh, just sharing time has been has been wonderful. Yeah, mm -hmm. the time has been awesome. You know, I feel like time is the most valuable thing you can share with people. For sure. And we've been spending all of it together. Yeah. <laughs> Every minute. Every minute. <laughs> Um, what got you into van life? Like, what was like, yeah. what was that moment that you're like, you know what? I think I can live in a van. <laughs> um, well, it was kind of always in the back of my head when I was like in high school. It was always something, you know, I would watch it on YouTube and I was like, oh, I should, I want to do that someday. Um, but I was like, you know, I'll go to college first and I'll get a degree and I'll, I'll put it off. Um, and sure enough, last year I was, I was planning to go to college and cause I'm 19, so I'm two years out of high school. Um, so I was planning to go to college and then COVID hit and I decided, screw that. I'm not going to college when COVID's happening. I'm going to get a van. I'm going to convert it and I'm going to go travel instead of putting it off just because I had been putting it off to fulfill other people's plans for me instead mm -hmm. of my own. So yeah, that happened. And I had already been kind of just camping out of my car and tent camping that whole summer. I do a lot of outdoor activities like backpacking, climbing, hiking. And so it just made sense that a van would like fit my lifestyle the best. And so far it's been amazing. So that's yeah. amazing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you're one of the first solo female van lifers that we've really spent a lot of time with. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Sarah included, cause mm -hmm. we were caravanning with her as well and she's uh -huh. in her van. But so I feel like it's been really cool to just like see a woman doing it by herself, built her whole van by herself, like just really taking charge of your own life yeah. and being so like fiercely independent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been honestly such a learning curve and such a growing experience. As far as building the van goes, I'd never picked up a tool in my life before. Um, and then doing that, going from that to building a van was like huge. 
but such a learning experience, such an empowering experience too, because you have all these people saying, oh, you can't do that because you're a woman. Like you need a man's help. And you're like, no, screw that. I'm still going to do it. Um, super empowering, built my confidence a lot. And being on the road alone has also just made me feel so much more sure of myself and so much more confident in who I am. And you just get to know yourself really well when you're alone. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. So. Well, I was saying to Alex the other day, it's kind of amazing, you know, building out a van, uh, everybody could learn and gain so much knowledge mm-hmm. from it. Like you learn carpentry skills, you learn electrical, mm-hmm. you learn plumbing, yeah. you learn like all these different skill sets mm-hmm. that people are so intimidated by. Yeah. You're basically building like a mini house, like mm-hmm. a mini version of what a house has in it. All the electrical, you're learning 120 and 12 volt power. And then you're learning your plumbing and in a van, it's usually pretty basic, but I mean, some van builds have some some nice plumbing in them. So yeah, the skills in there are like lifelong skills that you're going to have, you know? So yeah. it's, it's so valuable to be able to do that. And it's almost like if you come across like a, a home later on that you're interested in, you could actually like, you know, pick out little things and be like, Oh, I know how to do this mm-hmm. or like understand it more. So you don't get gypped out or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, And you can, you know, buy a fixer upper and know how to fix it up yeah. without having to pay someone to do it. You save a lot of money by doing things yourself. I mean, I saved so much money by converting a van myself and I'm sure you guys did too. For mm-hmm. sure. You know, by doing it yourself, you, you sacrifice your time, but you, it's an investment of time mm-hmm. for sure. Well, yeah. and it's also an investment in yourself and learning yeah. mm-hmm. because if you buy a van that's already all the way converted and you move in, like, if something breaks, you have no idea how to fix it. Yeah. And there's not really like a van person you can go to unless you have a warranty with the owner where they, they don't know how to fix it either. Yeah. You know? right. And so you're kind of just left there Googling and YouTubing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Normal tradesmen will charge you like an arm and a leg. Yeah. You know, because it's so custom and so mm-hmm. specialized that like, they don't even want to touch it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. builds vans differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But let's go back to like the empowerment of a woman. Cause I, yeah. I think that's so interesting because like, you know, I'm, I'm a man. I don't really understand that mm-hmm. as much. And like, it's amazing to hear Alex talk to you how she just did because I could tell how inspired she is Mm -hmm. by by you and being able to be out there what is it like being out on the road by yourself as a as a female and a solo female I get a lot of comments online that are like oh I would love to do what you're doing but I could never do it because I'm too scared or because I'm a female and like I'm scared of being alone and I think that you definitely have to have a healthy amount of fear Um, when being a woman, it kind of keeps you on your toes, but don't let that fear stop you from doing what you want to do in life. For me, getting on the road at first was a little different, but I felt like I had practiced it a lot with car camping and tent camping that the van just felt really natural for me. Mm -hmm. There are situations that you get in where you have to be careful. So if I'm in a place, um, I just have rules set for myself that if I'm in a campsite where I don't feel safe or if, you know, I feel uneasy, I give myself full permission to leave. Um, so I don't even have to have an excuse. I don't have to have anything. I can just give myself permission to just get out of there. Um, if I am in a campsite with a lot of people around and I don't feel like they're great people, or if there's a lot of men around, then I just don't go out of my van and I won't advertise myself as a solo female. Mm -hmm. Some other tricks you can do as a solo female are I have two camp chairs with me. So if I'm at a campsite by myself and there's a lot of people around, I'll set up both camp chairs. So it looks like someone else is with me. Mm-hmm. And then also dressing, like, if I'm out alone somewhere in the middle of nowhere, I can dress kind of, like, with a hoodie and sweats on, and people really can't tell if I'm a woman or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just stuff like that, you can take as extra precautions, but generally I feel pretty confident in myself and pretty safe, and, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. it's... Do you have that little alarm system in your van as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, so I have a Simply Safe alarm system where if any of my van doors are open while the Simply Safe is armed, it immediately sets off an alarm, um, which I can disarm with my own code. But it also alerts the police, it alerts my mom, it alerts my phone, um, and it if I don't uh, answer the police call or if I don't answer my mom's phone call and give them my safe word, then they will send the police to my location. Cool. So that keeps it, me pretty safe. Is it a silent alarm or does it it's, actually... It's loud. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking loud. <laughs> yeah. By the look on your eyes right now, I, I feel like it's very loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. So I've set it off a couple times by accident and it's like... So one thing that I know is that you did a lot of uh, city dwelling too, mm. which is something that Alex and I really haven't done much mm. of. We do a lot of like nature, BLM, you know, type of stuff. What was like the hardest part of, of mm-hmm. city dwelling? 
Yeah, city dwelling is definitely different. I hadn't even done that before I got the van. I mean, I live in I lived in a really small town and didn't really spend much time in the city. So I was I spent five weeks in San Diego, and I was surrounded myself with a really good community where I had places to shower at. You know, I would go to Planet Fitness, but it was definitely not what I envisioned for myself when I first got on the road. And so I was constantly parking on side streets. So I was parking, you know, in front of residential houses. And there's some spots where I could park near the ocean, but it's definitely a little more uneasy when you have cars driving by you at 60 miles an hour and you're trying to sleep. (laughs) So it's, it's an adjustment, but it's also, you know, when your home is pretty much wherever you're at, an adjustment comes really quick. It's pretty easy to adjust to anything. So, and when you have a great community around you, that's definitely a plus. How long did it take for you to adjust to like getting used to sleeping in the van? When you first got in? Um, well, the month before I left in the van, before I officially left home, I was kind of already staying in it. It was, the van was about three quarters of the way done. And so, um, I did, I didn't have plumbing in there yet. I didn't have, you know, one of my walls wasn't up, my cabinets weren't up, but I just started living in it because I wanted to adjust to it. And so, yeah, living in it while I was still in my hometown made it super easy. My parents had property that I could park on. Um, that was away from my house. So I was still getting the feel of being out in the woods and it was also the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. So it was super snowy. And so I kind of had the harshest adjustment to it, Ooh. but kind of easing into it was, I feel like a really smart decision because when I left, I felt super prepared. I think that is super smart. Cause our first night on the road in our last van, mm-hmm. like we left and then we were trying to do 71 mountains. So we just like hit the road. We had to get to the mountain, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. We're like, go, go, go. And then we were like, well, where do we sleep? Yeah. And we hadn't even like really thought about it. And we're like, okay, well, we'll look on the apps and we'll like see if we can find something. And then we got there and I was literally like, like turn the car off, shut all the lights, put up the window Mm -hmm. curtains. Mm -hmm. Nobody can see us. Nobody can. We were in the middle of nowhere, mind you. Like nobody was even around. Like Uh nowadays I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, like, but that was literally the first night that we ever, actually we slept in the van one night in Brooklyn. That's true. Just outside the house. Yeah. Because we'd already moved all of our furniture. But that felt normal because we were so used to the neighborhood. You're in a familiar place. Yeah, we were in a familiar place. But we We, only did it for like one or two nights and then we were gone. Yeah, and that first night was so funny because I went to go turn on like a movie or like watch like highlights or or something. Like whatever it was and Alex was like, stop, lower your phone, don't play anything, put up this stuff, like, like, You're like, don't if anyone knows peep. we're in here right now, they're going to call the cops or they're yeah. going to kill us. Yeah, you know? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and every now, every noise you hear outside is like the end of the world. Oh, yeah. You're oh, like, that's oh. a bear for sure, and yeah. it's going to break into my van yeah. and eat me. Or like a psychopathic killer that's exactly. on its way to like... A car oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like... A car went by, and Alex was like, oh, do you think, they're co- do you think they know yeah. we're in the van? Yeah. Like, I'm like, Alex, like, stop. Like, it's, we're fine. It's funny, because I had my friend with me, and now in the van, I sleep through literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't wake up. I'm a rock when I sleep, because I just have to be, with all the noise going on. But my friend, I had a friend coming to visit me, and she stayed with me for about a week. And she wasn't used to the van, obviously. She had never seen the van before. So we were parked on a side street in San Diego, and there was these guys that in the middle of the night got out and started fighting. Oh, no. Like, fist fighting each other. <laughs> Some, like, drunken bar. Yeah. yeah. And Caitlin is just, like, freaked out, on edge, like, sitting up in the bed, like, holy shit, holy shit, they're fighting. They're probably gonna break into the van. We're gonna die. And I'm there, passed out, just, like, sleeping like a baby. And Caitlin's freaking out. And she told me in the morning, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, how did I sleep through that? And the same thing with cars driving by on the highway. You know, it sh- literally shakes your van. Yeah. To me, I'm just like, I'm getting rocked to sleep now. Yeah. <laughs> the funny part to me is, like, when, in reality, do two guys get out, fight, and then go into your van? <laughs> They're like, oh, that's a van right there. You know, you know Let's what? go fight in the van. In the van. <laughs> you know what? That looks like a good place to go after yeah. a bar fight. Yeah, I think with that the van, van too, right you just have to realize that, like, there's less people out to get you than you think. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, people see vans everywhere. Van life is so common now that you're not, you know, when you're on the side of the road and there's four other vans next to you, you're not that special. Right. No. So, I mean, especially on the West Coast. I feel like yeah. on the East Coast, kind of different. More, yeah. There's not many people that really know about van life, it still seems mm-hmm. like, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really struck out there yet. Yeah. Well, but, there's not as much BLM or, like, yeah. free land to yeah. just, like, park on. Yeah. And, but, yeah, you're totally right. It's definitely... When we were on the East Coast, we literally met, like, one other van lifer. That's crazy. In, like, and that was in and a half, two months of traveling. And that was yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Oh we goodness. got all the way to Canada. It was like, oh, my God, other a van, van lifer. Yeah. That's crazy. And then we now you see, see them yeah. so often And here. then as soon as we got to Montana, the parking lot was 
full of vampires, yeah. and we were like, oh, "Our people!" Yes. Oh my gosh, we got so crazy. Yeah. So speaking of that, how have you found like community on the road? Let's take a quick break to listen to our sponsor. It's us, FNA Van Life. If you're enjoying all the information that you're getting on this podcast, you're going to love our Van Life book. This book is going to take you from thinking and dreaming about Van Life to buying your rig, building it out, and everything that you need to know about being on the road, living Van Life full time. If you want to pick it up, it's available as a Kindle download on Amazon, and we would so appreciate your support. Link in the description below and meeting other people mm-hmm. and because as you know somebody by yourself like how do you make friends how do you like yeah. find your community yeah that was one of the things I was kind of worried about while getting on the road I knew I had friends that I had been mutuals with online that I I knew I could hit them up and like go and travel with them whenever but also when you meet people offline you don't really know who you're meeting to right. you know yeah. like yeah. you don't really know if you're gonna yeah, get along with them and so I ended up meeting some people off of TikTok because that's one of the platforms I'm on and there were some other mutuals I had on there and we're still good friends so we tra- I traveled with them for a few weeks and then actually when I was in San Diego my plan was to only stay there for two nights but one night I was and it was my last night there I was getting out of my van and I was parked just in a residential neighborhood and as I'm getting out of my van this guy was parked in front of me and he's pulling up on his one wheel about to go into his van and we start talking, we start having a conversation. He's like, oh, do you live in your van? And I was like, yeah, do you live in yours? He's like, yeah, do you want to hang out? And I was like, yeah, hung out till 3 a.m., had like an awesome bond and just started hanging out every day since then. And through him, I met so many other van lifers and people in the community that had been in the community for like eight to 10 years. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, so I just Those are met- OGs. OGs, for yeah. sure. And the next day, actually, after I met him, I went to the, we went out to Anza Borrego State Park out in the desert in California, and I met a bunch of other van lifers, too. And so those kind of little meetups and get-togethers where you caravan with each other are just, I feel like, the best way. And honestly, just, like, sparking up a conversation with other people who live in vans, best way to meet people, you know? Yeah. If, he w- if he wouldn't have come up to me, I probably wouldn't have met you guys, so yeah. like all the friends I'm traveling with now, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And I, that's one thing that I love about the community is everybody's like so willing to yeah. like show their van or like talk mm-hmm. to each other about their vans mm-hmm. or like just whatever it is that the other person might be interested in. Like maybe. Well, like no matter what, you have a common interest. interest immediately. Right out the gate. You see somebody else in a van, like we've made so many friends in like grocery store parking lots. Yeah. Because you're like, ooh, look, another van. And exactly. then you're like, are like, hi. Yep. You know, that's my van. This is your van. Like, let's talk about our van. You have yeah. that instant common interest. It's kind of like when you meet someone else with tattoos. You yeah. start talking about it because that's a common interest. And right. with van life, not only do you have the common interest of a van, but also I feel like van life people have a lot of the same mindset about things yeah. and the same common interests in general. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we all, like, really love the environment and, like, yeah. nature and want to be outdoors mm-hmm. and, like, want to do better and, yeah. like, clean up and, like, all these different, like, scenarios that... Yeah. You you automatically kind of know that you're on the same train of thought. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people in the community um, that I've met are just trying to be the best versions of themselves. So when you surround yourself with those people, you're constantly growing and constantly bettering yourself, and it's the most empowering thing. It's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what we got when we met all you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like we met a group of people that were all trying to strive to be a better uh themselves you know and uh, surrounding themselves with like-minded creators realistically Mm -hmm. because we're all creators and you know i i think that we've all grown so much just in the last week and a half Mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy to say that because i felt like we already grown so much in the last year and a half that alex and i've been Mm -hmm. traveling so like to to say that we've grown a lot in a week and a half speaks volumes for the people Mm -hmm. that we're around, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've only been on the road, what, four and a half months now? Mm -hmm. And I've learned so many more lessons than I would have at home. Mm -hmm. Like, I I feel like I've learned way more than I would have in school this year. Oh, yeah. You know, about community and about living on my own and about just independence in general, but also how important community is. When I first got on the road, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be so independent. I'm going to travel here. I'm going to hit like every state park and I'm going to be by myself and I'm going to be traveling different places every week and blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as I got on the road, I was like, wow, 
community is so important, mm-hmm. especially when you're traveling alone. Like that is the most important thing I think about van life mm-hmm. is meeting community and mm-hmm. like surrounding yourself with the people you want to surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. But I feel like it's truly incredible. Sorry. Um, is that we have a better community than most actual like yeah. stationary communities. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, there's a statistic out there that like 30% of people only know their neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. You only know 30%, 30% of, of your neighbors. neighbors. Isn't that crazy? Where yeah. I think in van life, I know more van lifers yeah. than I knew in my community. And I'm a pretty outspoken person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like I've met way more people in van life because everybody's kind of like-minded and open to talking mm-hmm. than I knew in my own neighborhood back in Brooklyn. I think it's also you're choosing your community, too, rather than community by circumstance. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like how the friends that I've met on the road, not to shame like any of the friends I had in high school, but I don't I don't communicate a lot with the friends I had in high school anymore because they were my friends by circumstance. We didn't really have that bond that I have with people on the road mm-hmm. now that I've like chosen to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. You just happen to live in the same area. I just happen code. to live in the same yeah, in the yeah. same place as them and we happen to hang out, but do we have a real connection? No, I don't really think right. so. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, Is that it's incredible. Cool. Yeah. So awesome. It it goes to show what um travel does for a person. Yeah. You know? It gives you so many new perspectives. I feel mm-hmm. like all of us have a very widened perspective on life in general mm-hmm. instead of having such tunnel vision on living in one place, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I've, I've been seeing a couple comments lately, like, that are kind of negative comments, but it makes me think, like, I, I like seeing these comments because it makes me really, like, think deep, deeply about certain situations. And a lot of comments that I've been seeing is, like, man, the people in this community must have, like, mental problems. Like, it's not, really? this is not a healthy community. Right? Yeah, like oh, people assumed we were in a cult. Real, real, realistically, <laughs> it's a projection of their own dislike or their own feelings yeah. or where or they, they just are. don't understand or it. Or they don't understand you know? it. They don't see the beauty in it and the community in it. And they Correct. feel like, I mean, obviously I've drank the Kool-Aid and I'm way deep into <laughs> the whole thing. Van life. Van life. Van life. Definitely not a cult. Definitely not a cult. Definitely not a cult. <laughs> um... But, like, just being in it for so long, not so long, you know, like, two years, yeah. the people that we've met and the way that our minds have expanded in ways that they, you know, we both worked jobs for a decade mm-hmm. and was, like, so set in our ways. And then you hit the road and you realize that, like, people are nicer mm-hmm. than you think they are and people are more generous and giving mm-hmm. and other people in your community want to see you thrive and they want to help. And, yeah. like, it's just really, I don't know, been super eye-opening to see that, like, the world is a nice place. Yeah. Is it, this, is it silly to say is like, I feel like we had it wrong before. Yeah. I like mean, when we were working that nine to five and now I feel like I look back in that and I'm like, not to shame it because everybody out there that's doing that kudos to you. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I had it wrong because my life feels like it's so much more fulfilled now. Yeah, like you were just on the wrong path for a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and like it set me up to be in the situation to live this lifestyle, which is great. Mm -hmm. But like at the same time, I probably could have did it without that as well. Yeah, I feel like so many of us get so comfortable in following what society wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Because even though I feel like living in a van and traveling kind of, I mean, at least for me, is an easier path. It feels a lot easier than going to college, getting a 9-to-5 would have been. Especially if it's forced upon you. Exactly. But going to college, getting a 9-to-5 probably would have been more comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had to force myself into so much growth so fast. And that comfort is, I think, what people are drawn to. Mm -hmm. I think they're drawn to to knowing what's going to happen next to them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one thing I was reading the other day is that nothing's going to happen next. Like the future and the past doesn't exist at all. Mm -hmm. The only thing we have control over right now is the present. So that's all we can be in right here, right now, right here, right now. (laughs) So you can, you can control that and you can dictate your present and whatever that turns to in the future is just what's going to happen. But the only thing that's, that we're existing in right now is right now. Well, and like, that's why they say you're supposed to try to live in the present as much yeah. as possible. It's the hardest thing to ab- absolutely do, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause we're always pl- like thinking about a past or planning our future or like we're living in the present for the future. We're like, okay, if I do this right now, then in the future, then I'm going to do this. Right. Yep. But it's like, we should be doing our, uh, our present work right now just for that, just yep. for the right now. And enjoy that 
that journey yeah, in the, the process present, of the it. process you have of to it. make the most of everything. There mm. were some moments when I was building my van where I was like, this sucks. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm done. I wanted to throw in the towel. I was like, I'll just sell the van right now. Yeah. And I had to have a, I had a big like learning curve where I realized that I can make this experience whatever I want it to be. If I mm. want to, if I want to be miserable, miserable right now, I can be. Mm. But if I want to make the most of this and laugh at myself when I make mistakes and yeah. have fun with it, then I have complete control over that. Right. I mean, honestly, that's one of the hardest things to like come to terms with too, mm. because like even when we were building the van, all we wanted, like since we already drank the Kool Aid, I guess you could say, because <laughs> we were already living on the road at one point in time, the hardest thing was to build the van to get back out on the road because we knew. What was already out there for us. Or, like, yeah. what we were missing out on. Correct. Yeah. Even in our first van build, there was these moments where it was like, I just want to be on the road already. Yeah. Like, I'm Same. so tired of building. Like, yeah. I'm just seeing all these people on Instagram and whatever mm-hmm. who are, like, going to beautiful places and seeing beautiful things. And I'm just, like, here, hammering my van build out. Yeah, yeah. You know? exactly. And it was so hard. There was so many times where I had to take a step back and even say to Alex, like, we're doing this for a reason and a yeah. purpose. Let's try to enjoy it as much as we can. And there are moments where she would step back and say the same thing to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we're, we were fortunate enough to have each other to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I can only imagine how that could be as a solo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was intense. I built it. I mean, I built my van out of my dad's driveway. And first of all, like we didn't really have the room in the driveway for it or the tools I didn't have the knowledge and my dad was not very for the van at first, as I think most parents would be. I mean, when your 19 year old daughter is going to tell you, yeah, I'm going to go live out of my van and travel by myself and not go to college and not go to college. How stoked are you going to (laughs) be? Like, daughter, get back in school. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He was just like, well, okay, Abby. And so he wasn't really for the van. So he helped me a little bit at first, learn how to use a jigsaw, learn how to use a skill saw. But for the whole van build, I didn't have a table saw. I didn't have, you know, I was using a 20 year old drill like that didn't have it wasn't an impact driver or anything. So yeah. I was, I was making do with what I had. And I was also balling on a budget. I mean, as a just turned 19 year old, yeah, I was, you know, just doing the best I could, but building it in my driveway alone, especially in the middle of winter in Washington was hell. Oh, <laughs> it was so bad. I had so to, cold. Yeah. So cold. Frozen fingertips. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had to, I had to, <laughs> I would go out in my van and I would like, screw in one thing when I was building my bed frame or when I was building my cabinets and stuff, I would screw in one thing and I would go inside, drink hot cocoa and warm up. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, taking a really this. long time to finish each project. Oh my gosh. The last month of the build felt like five months. Yeah. Cause wow. I was just, and I would wake up at 6am and I would work till like 10 PM, mm-hmm. but I would maybe get like three things done. Right. Yeah. Cause it was just so, such a long process. It's wild. Yeah. So oh. let's go back a little bit, because you mentioned that you used a tent camp, and you li- was it a Subaru that you were living in? Yeah, of? yeah. So I guess, tell us a little bit about that experience, mm-hmm. and then what made you want to kind of transfer from the car living to the van living? Yeah, so it was, I mean, I was never full-on car living. It was kind of like, I was camping all the time, and my car was the easiest way to go. But for a long time, I was I was living in Arizona for a bit, and I had just moved to Arizona from Washington, and I missed the heck out of Washington. Like, I missed it like crazy. And so every weekend, I would go up to Flagstaff, which has all the trees and is yeah. beautiful right. and evergreens and all that, and I would go camp up there. And so that was my little escape and my happy place, and I would tent camp, and I would go so low, and so I'd set up my tent, and I would make dinner for myself and start a fire, set up my hammock, and it was beautiful, and it was just a way that I could pretty much calm my mind and feel at home in a place that was so unfamiliar to me. Yeah. Um, and so that was my first experience, like solo tent camping before I had done like some backpacking trips and other camping trips, but never really solo. And then I got very addicted to it, kind of Mm. going solo and making myself uncomfortable like that. It's definitely a rush that you get and a very empowering rush. Mm -hmm. So after that, I, I lived in Arizona for another like six months, still going up to Flagstaff almost every weekend. And then I moved back to Washington just because I realized Arizona wasn't the place for me. Started working a lot, saving up for the van. And then that summer I was pretty much sleeping in my car and sleeping in tents three out of four days a week or three out of seven days a week, three to four days a week. I was, you know, camping and it just got so familiar to me and it felt like home when I was out there, you know, camping by a river or camping outdoors was just the best feeling. Sounds like you just had like a nature was kind of calling you. Yeah, I mean, I grew up 
my, my parents are pretty outdoorsy. We have a cabin and we went camping a lot growing up. I, my favorite memories are setting up a huge camp or a huge tent um, and camping with my two sisters and my parents and our huge uh, chocolate lab, Larry. Oh. And we would all be huddled in the tent playing Yahtzee or playing Uno or something, like a nice. card game. And it would be like pouring rain or thunderstorming outside because we we're living in Washington. And I just remember feeling so calm and comfortable as like a five-year-old in a tent while it's thunderstorming outside. Wild. And so it almost makes me feel like in a tent or in a van or in a car is the most comfortable place I can be. I feel like when I'm in a home, I get really anxious and very, like, stagnant and very antsy. Mm. I feel like I could be doing more. And the van is the closest I can feel to being home, I guess. Wow. So, Beautiful. Yeah, I awesome. love it. It's, like, the it's it's perfect for me right now. Like, I, I enjoy every bit of it. And, mm. yeah, it's, it's just amazing. So, I, I guess... Is it safe to say that you don't really see an end in van life for yourself right now? At least right now, no. I People ask me all the time, like, oh, how long are you going to be doing this for? Or I went to see my grandma the other day, and she was like, oh, yeah, but you're, you're going to get back to normal life soon, right? I was like, well, <laughs> grandma, I <laughs> understand your point of view, but this is my normal life. This yeah. feels right, and I'm loving it and doing well at it. So no, I don't I don't see like a timeline of an mm. end for me. And I think even if I did, I think in the future what I do see myself doing, you know, the future like I just talked about kind of, but yeah. what I do see myself doing is uh building like a tiny house or something on you know, 10 20 acres of property, living in that for the good season out of the year whether that's winter or summer wherever it is and then traveling the rest of the year in a van nice. and renting that place out throughout the year. Mm. Smart. So that's, yeah. that's, I think the closest thing to settling down that I would do in the near future, which near future being like mm-hmm. the next five years. Yeah. I think it's funny that people expect you to like have that plan. Mm-hmm. Like when you get a new job, mm-hmm. you know, people aren't like, Oh, good job for this new job. Like how, how long do you think you're going to be in this new job? Exactly. New job, exactly. Yeah. You know? And it's like, you found a way to make money on the road. Mm-hmm. You are, we haven't talked about this, but you're a photographer. Mm-hmm. And so you do, you know, weddings and things like mm-hmm. that during certain seasons. And then you have your, um, influencer accounts mm-hmm. that, you know, you're generating income online. Mm-hmm. So like you're paying all your bills, you have enough and money more. to like, you know, save, you mm-hmm. have enough money to make investments and like, you know, build new vans and, you know, do fun projects and things. So like, why would people be like, oh, when are you going to be done? When are you going to stop that? When are you going to be done with all that, like, craziness yeah. of, like, earning a living? <laughs> exactly. You know? It's just, like, a different way to earn a living, and I think oh, it yeah. makes people uncomfortable. Yes, it yeah. does. You know? It's kind of wild to me, because, like, you're 19 years old, mm-hmm. you haven't been to college, but yet, you probably make more money mm-hmm. than most people who have went to college mm-hmm. and are in their 30s and, and 40s. And have way yeah. less debt. And have way oh less gosh, debt than yeah. all of them. Yeah. You know, they're still paying off debt right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but yet you're out here enjoying your life, living your life to the fullest, yeah, like, making a better living than them. Yeah. my One thing my dad always said to me was like, you need to just wait to do that until you're done with college. You need to wait to do that until you have a degree. You need to wait. And I was like... Why the heck would I wait when tomorrow is never guaranteed? Yeah. Why would I wait when the future is is nothing? There is no future. Why yeah. would I wait to do something when I already want to do it right now? And it was kind of like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. Instead of finding excuses on why not to do it, I found every reason on why I should do it yeah. right. and went with it. Yeah, and, like, like you were saying earlier too, like mm-hmm. you, you're ne- you never live in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You only live in the present. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like trying to live for the future is kind of a difficult concept. Yeah. When you think about it in like a realistic, you know, mindset. And nothing is ever going to turn out the way you plan. If you uh-uh. have expectations on how things are going to go, you're always going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, has anything turned out the way you wanted since you were 5? Never. <laughs> how about you, Alex? Anything turned out the way I wanted? Yeah, since you were 5. Since I was five, what happened before I was five? I'm saying, <laughs> I mean, I say five, the reason why I say five is because like that's in like kindergarten pre-K where they ask you, what do you oh, want to yeah. be when you get older? Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? no, nothing at all nothing. has turned out the way nothing. that 
Yeah, I mean, I did go to school, I got a job, you know, yeah. that. but then you get it, and you're like, well, this isn't quite as satisfying, and now I need the better job, and now yeah. I need the more money, and now I yeah. need the better apartment, and now I need you're to live in the different part of town. And yeah, like, and then yeah. another thing that I want to go back to, because your grandmother, she said, go back to normal life. Mm -hmm. What's normal life? What is that? Yeah, like, what's society's definition of a normal life? Like, what's society's definition to a normal person, mm -hmm. right? There is none. There's just people. Well, people? I mean, there's lots of pegs that they want us to fit in. They, yes. the proverbial, yeah. you know, air quotes, they. Yes. Yeah. It's just really interesting because, you know? like, uh, so something that was always said to me throughout my life is, like, people would always say to me, like, you're weird, mm -hmm. right? And I would say, thank you. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, they would look at me sideways. Yeah, what the heck? Like, why is this guy saying thank you? And I'd be like, have you ever looked up the definition of weird? Mm -hmm. And they go, no. And I said, well, it means unique and one of a kind. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be unique and one of a kind than part of a group like thing. Yeah, normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't want to be normal. Yeah, Normal's boring. Fun about that. Yeah. You know? Normal's boring. Yeah. So let's be weird. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not push the norm and yeah. do what you want to do? I don't think you should let anybody else's expect expectations of you dictate what you do in life. Yeah. It's literally just up to you. I mean, we're living in complete control. And as soon as you realize that is the moment you can finally be free. Well, I think that's, like you said, we're living in p complete control. Most people are not mm -hmm. living in complete control. They just have most the people, realization that they can. Most people are living to what other people's expectations are mm -hmm. and to what other people want them to do. So, realistically, they don't have control. They're actually you know, living what other people want them to do. Well, and also control is very much a mental construct. Yeah. Because you can think you have everything under control. You have nothing And then, control. you know, something completely out of your control pulls the rug out from under you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think the concept... It's not even having the control. It's being okay with not having control. Mm -hmm. I think that's a better way to put it. Is I get a lot of also comments on on my videos about... What do you do if your van breaks down? What do you do if you run out Fix of money? It. What do you do if this happens? And I'm like, why would I... Exactly. Why would I stay, spend my days worrying about something that could potentially go wrong, but isn't right now, Yeah. instead of just being okay with whatever happens? Yeah. You know, just letting life do what it wants to do and crossing and the bridge the when you come to it. And dealing with it, yeah, the yeah. flow of life, right? Dealing with it when it happens, but not letting the fear stop you because something might go wrong. Right. Well, and so that's the thing, right? I think for some reason, fear seems to be the like deeming, you know, thing over our heads in this conversation for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like fear is something that could stop you from doing everything. Yeah. Like you might not walk to the store because you have the fear of possibly getting hit by a car, mm -hmm. struck by lightning bit by a dog. Yeah. You know, like you could like literally go on and on and on mm -hmm. about all these things that fear creates mm -hmm. or you could just face it. Yeah. You know, you could face it. And like you were saying earlier, cross that bridge when it comes. Like you know? we're going to do on Friday. Oh, Alex. <laughs> this Alex is giving me the glare right now. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of funny because Alex and I just before this, were kind of talking about fear. We right? were talking about yeah. fear. Because I feel like the biggest thing, so we're, we're going skydiving on Friday. Woo! Woo! So if this podcast doesn't come out, it's because we're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> Our shoots didn't deploy. Right. <laughs> so, but so in my mind, I think that I am definitely caught in like this fear-based mentality where it's like, I'm immediately thinking about like all the things that could go wrong. Like, I'm going to die. My parachute's not going to open. Mm -hmm. I'm going to land and I'm going to break my leg in half and I don't yeah. have health insurance right now. Yeah. You know, like, which we should probably solidified but, I think <laughs> but anyways you know it's just like my mind starts spiraling and I think in the last number of years um I don't know when like I had this like turning point but like I feel like I used to be really independent and used to be really like you know I didn't give a f like I would just do whatever I wanted and like you know was never afraid of anything and then somehow this like panic took over me and then I, you know, like I started having panic attacks all the time mm -hmm. and I started having anxiety all the time and I started being so worried all the time. Mm -hmm. And then like, I worry about situations that might cause me panic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like some, I think that this is going to get me upset. So mm -hmm. I don't want to go there because I don't want to feel upset. Yeah. It's a so, Where you gotta, you have to push that boundary in order to get over that fear, that feeling. Yeah. Like you have to. 
Like it's the only way through the door. Right. You know, in order to get past something, you have to open up the door and face it. It's like that quote, the best things in life lay on the other side of fear. Yep. You know, you have to get past that fear. I mean, for the longest time when I was in Arizona, I was having those panic attacks and I was scared of everything. I mean, I have a phobia of vomit. And so I was scared of going into public bathrooms. Mm -hmm. I was scared of drinking out of my friend's cups. I was scared of anything that could have remotely gotten me sick. I was scared of eating foods. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat foods if they, if I hadn't cooked them Yeah. because I was scared of food poisoning. And I realized that I was living my life just completely out of fear and I was missing out on so much because I was constant, I was in a constant state of worry and panic Mm -hmm. and fear of something that really wasn't going to hurt me if Mm -hmm. it happened, but something that my brain had just gotten, it caught itself up on. And once I started pushing the boundaries, I started going into public bathrooms. I started eating food that I didn't cook. I started going out and drinking with my friends. I got to ask, how's life feel now? It feels great, and I was just actually talking to Alex about this, about how, you know, in the past, if someone would have said they were nauseous around me, would have freaked out, ran away, gotten super scared, probably had a panic attack. The other day, sitting with my friend Maria in the back of her van, and she was pretty dehydrated, and she wasn't feeling good, and said she was really nauseous. No panic response. None. Even the other day, I was like... We were walking out of the hot spring, and I was drinking my bottle of water, and, and Frank elbowed my, my arm elbow. by accident, yeah. and I, like, back swallowed, like, choked a little bit, and, like, spat my water up, and you were like, and I, yeah. are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I look at Alex, and she's bent over, and there's water coming out of her mouth, and I immediately, like, just turned around. In the yeah. past, I probably would have sprinted the other direction, yeah. and might have fainted, because yeah. I pass out when people puke around me. And instead, I just turned my I turned around and looked at Chase, <laughs> and that's all I did. And so I think that there's been a lot of progress in not confronting like the vomit. I haven't, you know, had exposure or like gone or anything swimming like in that. a pool of exactly, puke or yeah. Something. Like I haven't made, I haven't thrown up at all, or I haven't, you know, exposed myself to that. But I've just gotten over the the fear around it. Yeah, you know, I've I've pushed myself to not be afraid of being afraid. Yeah, you know, and not yeah. being afraid of something that isn't going to hurt me. And I'm still working through it, but it's gotten a lot easier to deal with. And I, I like just to the audience out there, that's that's something that you should really just like hone in on. Like, have you been fearful lately? Like, is that the reason why you may not have made the decision to, you know, take the step to the next part of your life? You know, it's something really to like think th- deeply on. If you haven't received anything from this podcast, that's something that you should receive is just like the thought process of just pushing past those fears. Because I think that at the end of it, you will feel so much more relieved if you push that boundary. Yeah. And in the end, literally all of us are going to die at some point. And so we might as well live a life that we feel so fulfilled living. And if there's something in the back of your mind that you've been wanting to do for a long time, someone you've been wanting to talk to, an experience you've been wanting to do, freaking skydiving or something, <laughs> but you've been live, you haven't been doing it because you're scared. Don't let that be the only reason stopping you. Yeah. Don't let fear be the thing holding you back. Van life included. Van life included. Yeah. <laughs> Join our cult today at yeah. notacult.com. <laughs> van life. Van life. Oh, oh man! The game was in last week's. Well, episode. I was just gonna say, if you guys want to know about the game, uh-huh. check out last week's podcast <laughs> with Tia Ventura, and you'll know more about the game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But Abby, thank you so much for being here with us. You're such an inspiration to me. You definitely, like, they're driving their cars, and I'm like, I could drive the van. Let me drive drive that van. That that is something that Alex and I spoke about, and honestly, today we should have let you drive, and we will definitely let you drive at least once per day. That way you get that and fear And she's been having, like, way. panic attacks driving yeah. all the time. Yeah, she, she has, oh and gosh, she could do yeah. it. But I'm like, look at Abby and Sarah fucking driving their own vans by themselves, <laughs> doing, like, these huge, crazy road trips. Badass like, women. Yeah. Badass women. Yeah. Badass. So thank you yeah. for being badass. Keep being badass. Thank and everybody go find Abby online because she's amazing. You guys are the sweetest. I'm literally so thankful to be here with you right now and just to have met you guys. You are such powerful people. Heck yeah. And you have such a positive impact on everyone you meet. And I'm just, I'm so thankful right now. So thank you for having me. We feel the same way about you, Abby. Oh, bless your soul. Bless your soul. Bless your soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, man. Abby is so inspiring. I, we feel so blessed that we've had this opportunity to hang out with her. Yeah, she's so inspiring that I literally almost jumped out of an airplane 
because she was like, you can do it. Alex was like totally feeding off the energy of all the other women there. It, like that we were hanging out with at that time. Yeah. Like you were more inspired to drive. You were more inspired yeah. to do many different I things. I think just like, them. I don't know. We haven't really hung out with a lot of solo female travelers. Mm. We usually are with couples or yep. like men tend to travel like Uncle Kevin and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but so we haven't really spent a lot of time with like that solo female energy. And I feel like it's very inspiring. Like you said, I was like, yeah, I could drive this van. I'd been kind of nervous about it. Mm. and you know, not feeling super confident, but I was like, all right, well, the only way to get confident is to just do it. Yeah. Um, and then when the whole skydiving thing came up, I was literally like psyching myself up for it. I would have done it. Um, but we had a weather cancellation the first day. Yeah. So we hung around Utah. We just did some errands and stuff. Woke up the next morning, psyched myself up again. I'm like, all right, we're doing it. And it was another weather delay. And so because of the timeline that we had to get to Washington, we had to leave Utah. We had to leave Salt Lake. It just wasn't meant to be, you know, for us to go skydiving in Utah this time around, unfortunately, because this is one of my bucket list things that I've always wanted to do. And it felt like it was going to be the perfect opportunity for it. But hey, listen, sometimes things just don't go the way you want them to. And that's okay because other things happened because of that. Yeah, I mean, everything on the road, you know, we talk a lot about the flow and, you know, things happen because they're supposed to happen. And so, you know, whenever something goes wrong or something doesn't work out quite in our favor, you know, we're always just looking for the silver lining and looking for the reason and looking for the next opportunity um, that's been created by, you know, when one door closes, another door opens. And we're super believers of that. Yeah, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this podcast. What do you think about how strong Abby is and all these other independent women out there uh, living life on the road by themselves. Do they inspire you? Let us know on Instagram, FNA Van Life. You can find us super easy. Send us a DM, hit us up in a story, tag us in it. Mm -hmm. We we really want to get to know you guys who are out there listening as well. Yeah, because we, I think the only downside about the podcast medium is that it's hard to have like a back and forth conversation. Yeah, there's almost no discord so like, for us. You know, on YouTube or Instagram, people can leave comments. And I think you can leave comments on podcasts, but we don't see them. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know where they are. On Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I but think both of us have them. Android, yeah. so then we're not really on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But so I think through Anchor, you can see those comments. Um, but definitely leave some more be sure to follow this podcast. And the best thing you guys could do is share the podcast. If you love it, share it with a friend who you think may love it as well. And we'll grow the community together. We'll learn more about you guys. We'll learn more about each other. And we'll be able to gift and give more information. As well as we now have like different things available, like merchandise and stuff like that. If you want more information on that, just let us know. And we'll drop the information in the next podcast as well. Yeah. So a huge thank you to everybody who, you know, a couple of people have said this is their favorite podcast. Like I Bale know, and... it's so incredible yeah. to hear that. Oh, man, we it feels so good. We absolutely love that because we're just chatty folks. Yeah, we like to talk to everybody. <laughs> Alex will tell you I'm the mayor of every parking lot oh, that we pull up to. Oh, my God. When we got back to his sister's house, because we spent all of quarantine there last year. 50 days. 50 days we were in quarantine at his sister's house. And so when we were back and, we, you know, we're working on the van, we're kind of in and out. Me and uh, Frankie's brother-in-law were in the house, and I was like, oh, the mayor of Bremerton is back in business. It was funny because... He got, like, the whole neighborhood It's funny because E actually called me the uncle of the neighborhood. That's funny. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cute. Yeah. So anyways, we're definitely going to have another episode for you next week, so be sure to stay tuned. And keep your day F and A. Man Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. If you guys are loving this FNA podcast and you want more, you're in luck. We've decided to release a special, exclusive podcast every single month that's going to take you way more behind the scenes on what Van Life is really like. All you have to do is just join our Patreon, and we're going to hook you guys up. Patreon is a website where you can support creators that you love, hopefully like us, FNA Van Life. For a small monthly donation, you guys are going to get more podcasts from us and also direct access to our YouTube videos before they even come out. Go to FNAVanLife.com slash Patreon to sign up today and get instant access to so much behind-the-scenes content.